Hey guys, welcome to Ask the Podcast. Super glad you stopped by. Our team is made up of professional therapists and amateurs. Since we don't know your personal situation, we might get it wrong sometimes, but we will always give you the best advice we can with the information we have. We love getting your questions, so keep them coming. And this is a discussion format, so sometimes we curse, and sometimes we talk or laugh over each other. We want y'all to feel like part of our team. Remember, if you need emergency help, please call 911 or the suicide hotline, the number of which is on our website, www.askthepodcast.com. Hey, thanks for joining us on Ask the Podcast. Today, Sydney and I are talking about family dynamics. Thanksgiving is coming up real soon. And so we thought it might be relevant to talk about how you can make Thanksgiving the best Thanksgiving possible. Okay. Hey, Sydney, how's it going? It's going all right. How's it going with you? Hanging in there. Thank you. (laughs) Are you excited about Thanksgiving? Yes and no. I mean, this this year is still not the way that it used to be. I mean, as all of our listeners will remember, last year was kind of COVID stupid, not exciting, boo hiss. Yes. Good point. We're still not back to normal, you know, in terms of what we used to always do on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, things are still kind of funky. Um, I probably not quite the normal big crowds people were having three years ago. I'm guessing some people are. So do you have any clients who have expressed concern about Thanksgiving and and dealing with family this year? Last year and this year, what I've heard so far is a lot of disappointment about not having it be the way that it used to be or being able to see the people that they wanted to see. Um, They, in the past there, that's what I've been hearing mostly this year. In past years, there have been a lot of questions about how to deal with, you know, this aunt or that uncle or grandma or grandpa or whoever who ask difficult questions or get into arguments or bring up subjects that offend other people, you know, how to manage that kind of conflict. Yeah. Actually, I've got a question for you that I just thought of. Interesting situation. Family get together one member of the family or one one side of the family that so this is a multi-generational get together one side of the family coming from another state some of the local the local family who's hosting is doing a fun thing with uh, matching pajamas uh, but they didn't know that these out-of-state folks are coming in that has sort of been kept from them even though they're hosting so there's so many things about this situation right the the out-of-state folks, reached out and said, Hey, I heard that you were having, everybody was doing matching pajamas this year. We want to be part of the fun. Send us the information, please. You know, smiley face, hearts, all that good stuff. Previous conversation with this person was getting verbally beaten up about something that was completely irrational and not factual and just crazy. And there was never an apology for that. It was going from this message of oh my gosh, you're horrible and blah, 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 to, hey, we want to be part of the fun. How do you handle something like that? So it's interesting. Actually, that's a really good question related to what I was saying about dealing with, you know, the aunt or the uncle or the grandma or the grandpa or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to preface this by saying it, it depends on how, quote unquote, how bad it got. But in general, my default is for the sake of a few days of Thanksgiving, ignore it and and let it go and let it be and have the conversations that you need to have about 
your your feelings or your um, boundaries or things like that after the fact. Okay. If it, if it was particularly bad, and I'm talking about things that have happened before Thanksgiving, yes, you know, this before, is, it's bad. Then I would suggest the conversation happened beforehand. Okay. You know, hey, can I can I give you a call or can we get together? Depending on where they live, that kind of thing. Um, I I wanted to talk about this before we all get together for Thanksgiving, and at the end of it. At the end of what the conversation, however it goes, the hope is that even if you guys can't see eye to eye, you can agree we're not going to have this conflict while the family is together because the holiday is about everyone spending time together, not people feeling uncomfortable or somebody being quote unquote right when the other one is not right. You know what I mean? Like those those yeah. kind of conflicts. Absolutely. Um, you know, plenty of families that agree that they're not going to, for example, they're not going to talk about politics. Right. You know that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, no, that's good. It, this, it's such an interesting thing. And actually what an additional question that came from this conversation, are there situational boundaries? Mm. Because the person who is asking is doing such a phenomenal job of developing really beautiful boundaries. I'm so proud of this client. This situation is really a difficult one. And they were wondering, so our, our boundaries, our healthy boundaries, situational, do they change? And it was interesting because my first reaction, my first answer to that was, well, yeah, for instance, let's say you're at a big function, maybe like somebody's wedding and you're all there celebrating this other person, you know, these other people, it's their day, not your day. And the person you have set healthy boundaries with crosses some of your boundaries. Do you let it, you know, maybe you let it slide a little bit then. When I suggested that there was a physical recoiling and, you know, I, I pointed that out and I said, you know, I think what needs to be done is you need to figure out what your boundaries are and you handle it organically in the moment. You will know, trust your instinct. If a boundary is being crossed too much, you will feel that in your gut you know, we should actually have a, we should do an episode on instinct because I work with so many clients on knowing what their instinct, when it's their instinct talking and when it's something else, like their desire wanting something. Right. Or their anxiety or yeah, exactly. Like what are they, maybe they're being driven by fear. Exactly. So anyhow, what do you think about situational boundaries? Because that's very relevant to Thanksgiving and holidays with family. Do you mean setting the boundary in the moment or you mean, do you mean setting the boundary out loud with the other person or knowing what your boundaries are? Knowing what your boundaries are internally and, and what you're willing to put up with, because these are people who have crossed your boundaries excessively in the past, inappropriately in the past. These are people who have created trauma in your life. I, again, I think it depends on, I mean, whatever the boundary is, mm -hmm. I think it depends on the situation. So yeah, situational boundaries. I mean, if it's, for example, if it's somebody's wedding and the yeah. celebration is supposed to be about them and they would like you there, the person who's getting married because they love you and they want you there and they don't have a person, they don't have a problem with the person that caused you the trauma. So right. they also want that person there. If you feel like you can make it through that day without having a panic attack or, you know, wanting to go say something to that person because you can only, you can only control yourself. Right. Right. So if you think that you can make it through that day without 
feeling panicked or shitty or um, so angry that you can't focus on the celebration, then don't go. But if you think that you can make it through that day, then yes. You know, my, of course, many people have said, but my mother used to repeat all the time that living well is the best revenge. And, you know, if there have been people in my life who I feel have wronged me, um, not on a, not on a huge traumatic level, but on a, on a just uncomfortable level, mm-hmm. I, I feel a lot of pride in being able, in being able to see them in public and just go, hello, how are you? And hell hi, I feel good. I've gone on with life. Right. I've gone on with life. I'm sorry that you're still a shitty person. Yeah. And I mean that, you know, tongue in cheek for those of you that are listening. I don't, I, you know, I don't wish anybody ill. And that's the other thing, by the way, side note is that part of my own personal ethos is I'm going to be the kind of person that I want to be. I would never wish someone else harm, even if they're a horrible person, because that's their responsibility to fix. And they need to know that. Yes. And they need to come to terms with that. Yes. The way I deal with that stuff personally is wishing for them a happier existence, wishing them peace. If they could find peace and find, understand their struggles, they would be a happier person. Right. That's what I wish for them. Yeah. Because that's almost exactly what I mean. Yes. Thank you. I think Sabrina's distracting me because she's banging on the door. Don't bang on the door, Brainy. Yay. We always have to have a, a, a brief moment from Sabrina. She likes to be noticed. Okay. So what are some concrete ways that people can get through Thanksgiving or any family get together that is going to be, that might be unpleasant or stressful? What are ways? And I, I think, did you already say it today? We can't change other people's behaviors. We can only change the way we react to them. So how do we change our reactions so that they react to us in a way that is different or so that we know that we just don't need to let them get to us? Right. Uh, The first thing I usually recommend to people is to focus on the other people that you're happy to see or the other activities that you're able and willing to do. Excellent. I like that. Yeah, that's really good. Think about the people who like, maybe it's your aunt that makes you crazy, but you adore your grandma. Try to spend your time with your grandma. What is another concrete way? Another suggestion I often make is to spend some time before the gathering, visualizing yourself in the room with that person and all, you know, all of the things that would go on, all the other people that are going to be there. So you basically focus on practicing in your mind what it will be like to see that person and how you're going to react if they approach you, if they talk to you, if they start uh, an argument about the subject that you're trying to avoid. And then you can also practice phrases that you're going to repeat. Like if you have an uncle who always wants to talk about politics and you guys argue about that, you can say, well, we should probably talk about something else. Uncle, let's focus on everyone else. Wait, so how is the sports team that you like, you know, like just so you can practice in your mind, changing the subject so that you have some ready-made phrases that you're going to use when they bring up that subject or when they try to talk to you. Um, I have even been known to pretend to get a phone call when someone is talking to me and they won't take the hint. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I need to take this. They don't, they don't, they can't see your screen. They don't know that you're not talking on the phone. You, if you're a good enough actor or actress, you can, you can, pretend. 
<laughs> distraction and redirection always work well with children and with annoying relatives. Great you idea. can also excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. That's if good. you need a break, if you need to breathe, if you just need to get back in your space again, go to the bathroom, sit there for a minute. I like that. And another thing you can do when you're anticipating what might happen, ask yourself, why is this person so unhappy? You know, why is it that they feel a need to, to stir things up with you? Because it's not a healthy reaction to try and stir the pot and create drama where no drama exists. So sometimes taking a step back and looking at it clinically, you know, there's so much puppy noise in the background and it's just not going to, it's going to, it's going to be here. So you might hear some puppy noises. I'm not going to be able to edit all of it out. Yay puppies. Yay puppies. Thinking about trying to have empathy for the person who is trying to aggravate you, because clearly there's some void that they're trying to fill by trying to poke the bear. And so if you think about it from a clinical perspective, it can allow you to neutralize your emotions around it. In fact, ideally, so there's this therapy called forgiveness therapy, which I have renamed to emotion neutralization therapy, which doesn't sound nearly so pithy and quick and easy as forgiveness therapy. But it really basically is about forgiving, uh, neutralizing your personal emotions around a person or a situation. Thinking of that person in terms of neutralizing your emotions, think about the reactions you have. Think about the things that they've said to you in the past that have really gotten you going. And if that's their goal, if their goal is to get a reaction out of you, just smile at them. Just be silent. Silence is so incredibly powerful. Sometimes even saying something and, and not in a sar sarcastic way, but just, you know, kindly saying, you know, it sounds like you're really struggling. You know, it sounds like maybe you're, you're kind of having a bad day. Want to take a walk. That may be the last thing on earth you want to do with, is go for a walk with this person, but it might open up a door for a conversation that's different than any conversation you've ever had with them before. It, it's coming from a place of healing where you're able to finally say, you know what, I'm not going to react to your negative energy. Instead, I'm going to see you. I, I Maybe I can be helpful. If I can't, that's okay. I'm just going to step away and I'm going to go take care of me. That's a great, like, yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Thanks. Cause then you put yourself in that, in that mental space of acknowledging your own emotions, caring for yourself, but also saying, I'm, I'm not going to engage with their anger, their hatred, their difficult behavior. I'm, I'm going to have empathy for them and I'm going to take care of myself, have empathy for myself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Personal experience. I, there was somebody close in my life who used to wear very inflammatory um, shirts with messages that they knew I would react to. And I used to react to that. And then one day I was just tired. I was tired of reacting. And so I didn't. And they put a lot of energy trying to get my attention, pointing at their shirt and the message that was on it. And all I said was, wow, nice shirt. Hey, so, you know, what hobby are you working on? You know, what, what project you have going, whatever I did the distract and redirect. And it took practice because that person was not used to me not engaging, but I never engaged with that person ever again. And eventually it paid off and there was no more battle about politics because I just refused. I, if you're not, if you refuse to be pulled into an argument, the argument can't take place with you. 
And they, they win basically, they get you to, to get pulled in. Yeah. And actually, so I, I'm glad you brought up winning because that's a big thing for me. I don't really care if somebody else thinks they win. And so that's another thing. It's like, I'll just admit defeat. I'll just say, Hey, you win. Okay. You win. I'm not going to have this argument with you because I don't want to waste my, my Thanksgiving time engaging in this conversation because it's just not fun for me. Yeah. Some people do. Some people do care like the competitive spirit. It, it helps yeah. them not to engage if they don't want the other person to win. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the, absolutely a hundred percent. I think, I think I'm going to guess that I'm a little unusual in my, that non-competitive edge because I'm just kind of like, you know what you win. I'm, I'm out. I, Cause I just don't care. And in a sense, I'm actually winning. Not that I care. But if, if you decide to take that tact, in a sense, you're, you're actually kind of winning because you're refusing to engage in that sense too, you know, ah, oh, family dynamics. How much fun is that? Yep. Yeah. Um, you can also opt not to go if you, if that's an option, you know, yep. um, I, I, I advise that people only do that if they if they genuinely feel like it's the best thing for them not to go. If you are hoping that other people will chase you down and beg you to come, probably not a good idea to choose not to come to make us make that kind of a statement. Yeah, but if you're just like, you know what? It's okay. We'll do Friendsgiving. We'll do it a different day. We'll do Christmas. We'll do, you know, whatever Hanukkah. We'll do a different big family dinner with the people that I really do want to see some other day. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. It's just a date in other countries. Guess what? They don't even celebrate Thanksgiving. It's an American holiday. USA. Yes. So, you know, when we lived in Germany, we would celebrate it on Saturday, not on Thursday, not on Thanksgiving because we were all busy. With yep. work. I used to always celebrate it on Friday because when I was married, um, my then husband is a paramedic. And so he could make a lot of money working, you know, yeah, yeah, working on Thanksgiving. And it also, um, him volunteering to work Thanksgiving when it wasn't, we worked for some places where it was required, you know, you had to do the rotation, but, um, him offering to do it also gave him the leeway to say to his supervisors, you know, I work Thanksgiving. Can I have this particular day off? That's, you know, more important to me than Thanksgiving. We would just do it with Friday. And it also gave us the opportunity. We would do it on Friday it gave us the opportunity to invite over a bunch of our friends who might've had that day off or could come over for dinner that evening. And so then we could have a bigger group, not just family, but also the friends that were spending time with their family. Yes. On Thursday. I actually, I found once I, um, I married my husband that, you know, it was, we would split our time for holidays between his family and my family when they lived in different States and we lived in a third state and we really quickly adopted the attitude of it's just another day. You know, it, the celebration occurs when we're all together. Right. And I I know a lot of people struggle with that, but it really releases a lot of tension on a holiday. If you can just sort of lighten up about that. Absolutely. So you can opt not to go. Yeah. And you can explain that you can also, if you opt to go and you find it being particularly difficult in the moment, you can kind of count down in your head how long until I can leave, you know, how long before this is over, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to distract myself by reminding myself of all the self-care things or the things that I really enjoy that I can do when we're done with this. Yeah. And actually I feel like we've been talking a lot more to older, older people, like, you know, twenties and thirties, 
versus teens. Teens, what I used to do, because this is just a broad, this is for everybody in the audience episode. When I was younger and I had to go to family get togethers that I found tedious, guess what I did? I would find whatever dog or cat lived in the house and I would play with it. And that's that a perfect idea. Happy because I'm yes. such an animal person. Even if it was the next door neighbor's dog, I would go play with the next door neighbor's dog. But I was still there. I was still at my grandparents or whatever, right? That's so, a wonderful idea. I love that idea. Because they're just, they're still, it's still, you get that, that animal therapy thing going on while you're playing with the animal. You can just, it helps relax you. And, and research shows petting an animal, if you're not allergic, can help you feel a lot calmer. So, okay. These were some good ideas, Sydney. Thank you. And uh, so listeners, tell us how Thanksgiving went, you know, let us know how these worked out for you and uh, how you're going to handle Christmas or Hanukkah that's coming up after Thanksgiving. Or Kwanzaa. Or Kwanzaa. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. So let us know how you, uh, if it worked for you and what your, your plans are for the next round. On the side note, I stopped sending, there was a time in my life where I would not send Christmas cards. I would send happy new year's cards because everybody celebrates new year's, Yes, you know, around the world. world. And it also gave me an extra couple of weeks to get them in the mail because you could still get that card on like January 7th and it still counts as happy new year. True. And actually so many people do that, right? It's like, I actually stopped sending holiday cards before we moved, right before we moved to Germany, I think. I think that was the last time I sent them. I just quit. I was like, you know, too much paper for the environment, blah, blah, blah. Then people feel like they have to keep it forever, you know? Yeah. Um, I know. I'm a, I'm a bah humbug. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really. I just don't do the Christmas cards anymore. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Always so lovely to have you join us. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to send us your questions on Instagram handle at ask the podcast or by email ask at ask the podcast.com. We're trying to figure this whole thing out too.